In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about a new polymer that could battle antibiotic-resistant infections, a possible new way to detect life on other planets from afar, and what to expect when you're expecting to adopt a furry friend. Without further ado... Let's satisfy some curiosity. By some estimates, there are nearly 3 million infections caused by antibiotic-resistant bacteria every single year. And that's just in the United States. This is a rapidly intensifying global threat. We actually do a lot of stories on antibiotic resistance because it's such a huge problem. It is a massive problem. Antibiotics were considered a sort of miracle breakthrough when they developed around 100 years ago. And what followed was a golden age of fighting infections. But, I mean, as we all know, the infections fought back. The bacteria that causes infections adapts ways to resist the effects of the antibiotics. So the more infections that occur, the more antibiotics are prescribed, and the more chances the bacteria has to adapt. It's sort of this vicious cycle that is causing untold pain and even death. Scientists are definitely scrambling to solve this problem. And we've reported on some pretty crazy breakthroughs. Everything from new drugs to high-tech solutions using AI. So what's the latest? One word? Polymers. 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 Okay, wait a second. (laughs) Isn't a polymer basically a molecule chain that makes up stuff like plastic or nylon? That is correct. A polymer is a chain of molecules that repeats over and over. The length of the chain and the stuff that it's made of determines its properties. Okay, I'm skeptical of sending in a bunch of plastic to kill bacteria in my body. Okay, not so fast. Polymers aren't just found in plastic bags and Frisbees. There are other natural molecule chains inside of us. Some are at the very heart of our being. Natural molecule chain? Oh, DNA? (laughs) Yeah, DNA. DNA is actually a natural polymer, as are proteins. Uh, In other words, scientists have known that there are biological uses for polymers. And that's where this new research comes in. A research team led by Dr. Quentin Michadel at Texas A&M University wondered if they could build a specific polymer that could attack bacteria without causing resistance. So I'm assuming most antibiotics are biological drugs that either seek out and destroy the bacteria or else trigger some kind of immune response so that our own bodies can destroy it. How would a polymer fit into this? It's a great question. So this development bridges the gap between organic chemistry and polymer science by creating a positively charged molecule that forms a large chain. Uh, To do this, they used a catalyst called Aquamet, which can handle high charge concentrations as well as being water-soluble, which is actually a pretty rare combination. And what they hoped to do was design a polymer that would essentially disrupt the bacteria's membrane. So they're kind of like a little polymer-sized wrecking ball for bacteria. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Okay, but if it smashes up the cells in bacteria, why wouldn't it just smash up everything in sight? 
That's actually one of the major challenges. They tested the new polymer against antibiotic-resistant bacteria like E. coli and MRSA and found them to work. But they also needed to test their toxicity against our own red blood cells. So did it work? I mean, yes, but there's a caveat. The team wants to fine-tune that selectivity. In other words, they want to be sure that this polymer is going to smash up the bacteria and not just everything else in its path. But they think that's possible, and the even better news is that the bacteria don't seem to have the ability to develop resistance against this method. I guess there's not much immunity from a wrecking ball. (laughs) Exactly. And if you think about it, there are all kinds of things that will kill bacteria. I mean, bleach, for example. These aren't antibiotics, they are antimicrobials. But the trick is to get them to kill just the thing you want them to kill and leave the rest alone. And thanks to this study, we are one step closer. After all, our reporting on antibiotic resistance, it's starting to feel like a race to find the solution. Yep, and you can be sure you'll hear about the winner, or winners, right here on this show. For centuries, the idea that planets existed outside of our own solar system got tossed around in science circles. Exoplanets. Exactly. So incredibly, the first exoplanets were only discovered and confirmed around 30 years ago. That is still amazing to me because I know they're constantly discovering new ones, right? And that means in the history of our human civilization, we are the first generation to actually confirm the existence of planets outside of our own little corner of the universe. Totally. And think about this. 30-odd years after the first exoplanet was confirmed, as of January 2024, there are over... 5,500 confirmed planets outside of our solar system. And I don't know about you, but every time I hear about a planet orbiting some distant star, my very first question is pretty simple. (laughs) Is there life on that planet? Yes, exactly. And I'm not alone. Scientists have been puzzling over the best way to find life out there. It's, okay, it is incredibly complicated. I know that there are some ways to figure out whether or not the chemical makeup of the planet is conducive to life, but these planets are so dramatically far away that it's almost impossible. Well, it was impossible until now. A team of scientists at MIT, along with other international researchers, are suggesting that there's actually a really easy way to tell if life is possible on other planets. Not only will this method tell us if the planet is habitable, they say it will tell us if there is life already on it. This sounds too good to be true. Is this some kind of AI story? No, not at all. In fact, the solution they're using is found pretty close to home. It's all about carbon dioxide. Oh, because things tend to emit carbon dioxide. If they can detect a bunch of it in the atmosphere of a distant planet, then there must be living things on it. Is it something like that? Very close. But actually, it is the absence of CO2 that signifies the possibility of life. Wait, what? Okay, so so they, they began by comparing the atmospheres of Earth, Mars, and Venus, right? These three inner planets are actually fairly similar. We all orbit the sun roughly in the habitable zone. We all have atmospheres, but Earth's atmosphere has dramatically less CO2 than the others. How is that possible? So yes, we have a lot of creatures, great and small, that emit CO2, but we have massive oceans that gobble up carbon dioxide at a truly enormous rate. Oh, okay. So if there's enough water on a planet to decrease the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere, then life is possible. But you said it also shows that life exists on the planet. Uh, Just because a planet has water doesn't mean it supports life, right? You're absolutely right. And that's where the next step comes in. Oxygen. It turns out that oxygen is actually really hard to detect on planets so far away. But when life produces oxygen, it reacts with sunlight and produces ozone. And ozone is actually really easy to detect in those far-off atmospheres. 
So let me see if I'm getting this right. Once astronomers detect an atmosphere on an exoplanet, if they find diminished carbon dioxide, they have evidence that there's water. And if they find ozone, that means there could be life. What's more, they say the only likely means of having diminished CO2 compared to the surrounding planets is from an ocean swallowing it all up. And the only way to have enhanced ozone compared to the surrounding planets is living organisms. Exactly. So here's the coolest part of this. If this method pans out, it could lead to absolute paradigm-shifting discoveries in the search for extraterrestrial life, and possibly even within the next few years. Dude, what a time to be alive. Right. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Every year, some 2 million dogs are adopted from animal shelters in the United States. That's a lot of doggies. <laughs> totally. But there are a couple of problems. The first is that even though 2 million get adopted, some estimates claim that over 3 million dogs enter the shelter system every year. Ooh, so over a million or so dogs are left unadopted. Yeah, and that puts a huge strain on an already overtaxed system. But the other problem is that of those 2 million dogs that get adopted every year, somewhere around 15% of them are returned to the shelter within the first year or so. That's not so great. So that adds to the already crowded spaces of shelters. And I know it can't be cheap to keep all those dogs safe and sound, right? It's definitely not cheap. And that's why researchers at Ohio State University conducted a study to find out exactly what was going on with shelter dogs after they get adopted. You mean like how their behavior changed? Exactly. Think about it this way. You go and you visit a little guy in the shelter and you fall in love. And the little pup seems like the perfect new pal and you commit to taking care of him. Doesn't always work out. These researchers wanted to know why. Got it. Knowing how your adopted dog is going to behave after adoption could help you plan for the worst, something like that. If people had a better idea of what to expect, they might make more informed choices in the beginning, and down the road, they won't be so surprised by behavioral changes. That makes sense. So what did the study find? So the researchers recruited owners of nearly 100 dogs that were adopted from five different shelters across Ohio. They were asked to report back at seven days post-adoption, then again at 30 days, 90 days, and finally at 180 days after they took their new family member home. So from a week after adoption to about six months later. Yeah, they figured that was a solid amount of time for the dog to get acquainted with its new home and new people. They used a survey called the Canine Behavioral Assessment and Research Questionnaire, or a uh, Sea bark. Oh my gosh. Researchers <laughs> and their acronyms. I know. It's very clever. Uh, so the first thing they found is that there's a honeymoon period immediately following the adoption. Well, that seems logical. Yeah. But as the dog separation related and attention-seeking behaviors begin to decrease, especially as they're in the home closer to the six-month mark, owners see an increase in stranger-directed aggression, chasing behavior, and it actually becomes more difficult to train them. Wait a second. So they actually get worse as time goes on? I, I would have expected, you know, the exact opposite. What's going on there? Not only that, the prevalence of a bunch of different types of aggression begins to tick upwards. That said, this doesn't happen with all dogs. 
but the often worsening behavior is definitely cause for concern and can probably explain at least some of the 15% of adoptees that get returned to the shelter. The behavior takes an unexpected turn that the new owners didn't anticipate. And if you don't anticipate something, you can't plan for it, and then you've got real problems. Yeah. The researchers think the changes in behavior might be a result of the dog becoming more comfortable in its new environment and sort of letting its true color shine. And also, they tend to become more protective of their home the more they feel a part of it. So what can be done about this? The most important thing is just to know what to expect when you adopt a dog. You aren't exactly getting the dog you find in the shelter. Like you said, if you don't know what to expect, you can't plan for those behavioral changes that cause problems down the road. But if you're prepared, you're going to be ready for what comes and probably more likely to stay the course. If you're interested in dog adoption, the Puppy Bowl is celebrating 20 years of finding dogs their forever homes. So you can watch Animal Planet on Sunday, February 11th at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Researchers have developed a family of polymers that effectively kills antibiotic-resistant bacteria without promoting resistance, offering a promising new approach in the battle against one of the major public health challenges of our time. Scientists have suggested that the best chance of finding liquid water and life on exoplanets lies in detecting the absence of carbon dioxide in their atmospheres, a method that is within the reach of NASA's James Webb Space Telescope. In a quest to better prepare new pet parents, Ohio State University researchers embarked on a study revealing that shelter dogs experience notable behavior shifts in the first six months of adoption, a mix of decreased separation anxiety and a surprising uptick in feistiness and training challenges. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can find our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we love if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Our Discovery executive producer is Dominique Vu. Our Wheelhouse DNA executive producer is Cassie Berman. This show is hosted by Callie Gate and Nate Bonham. Our producer is Kiara Noni, and our associate producer is Kimaya Floyd. Writing is done by Sam Osterhout. Sound design, audio engineering, and editing by Nick Karasami. I'm Nate Bonham. And I'm Callie Gade. We'll see you next week.